Sorry, I don't love you. A phrase I've grown accustomed to. Cause with you, if something isn't wrong, something isn't wrong, something isn't right. I wish you could be happy. Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back this week, and I will be talking with Jason Tate all about a bunch of different Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen stuff. So before we dive into that, I just want to let you know that Loot Crate is sponsoring this episode. Our link is trylootcrate.com forward slash geekdompod. I'll have it linked to in the show notes, the podcast chapters, and that sort of thing. So you guys don't have to remember that, but they basically send you a box with a ton of geeky stuff. You will get, you know, figures, shirts, other apparel items, and it's all exclusive to this box. So unless you get it there, that's the only time you can get it too. I believe you have to order by the 19th of every month to get that month's box. But I will tell you guys more about that later. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm excited to dive into everything Spider-Verse related. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I literally finished reading up the comics this morning. So it's (laughs) pretty (laughs) fresh for me because your files had more stuff than Marvel Unlimited had. So, you know, I was like bouncing between the two. I was like, okay, Jason wants to cover these. Here's what's in Marvel Unlimited. Here's what's not. So let me just figure out how I'm reading these and go from there. But before we dive into the comics, we're going to talk about the Spectacular Spider-Man, which I don't think I know this existed until you started bringing it up in the chorus (laughs) forums that you were rewatching it. I was like, what? What is this? How did I miss this? And, you know, you were on for Batman the Animated Series. So clearly, as adults, we have no problem watching animated shows or anything like that. We we like cartoons. That's just how it is. I like that now for your (laughs) listeners. That's what I'm known as. I'm now known as the person that uh, watches cartoons as a 34-year-old adult. (laughs) Well, it's fine because I've also gone over Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars, both of which were animated. So, you know, I, I got this on a roll here with the animated shows. And this only ran for two seasons and it was about 26 episodes total. So it wasn't a super long TV show, like catching up on Clone Wars took a while because it was like a hundred and some odd episodes, but this was much, much faster to get through. And did you watch this when it initially came out? And then I know you did a rewatch recently, but what was that experience like? I'm trying to remember when I first saw it. it. I don't. I did not see it when it like first aired. It okay. was. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of Spider-Man cartoons over the years. I remember watching like the early, early Spider-Man stuff, like before even the whatever it was called, like the Amazing Friends version that was like in the '90s. There was something like kind of early, late '80s, I believe, okay. um, that my my parents used to get me, and I had on VHS tapes that they would like rent from the movie store when we still had like blockbusters and things like that. So. I've been watching Spider-Man cartoons for a while, and like a couple years ago, I want to say like three or four years ago maybe, I don't remember exactly when it was, I uh, sat down and was like, hey, I wonder if those are any good. Like I remembered them, and I was like, I'm going to go like see if I can find anything about this online. So I went searching around online, like looked at YouTube, and watched a couple episodes of some of that like old 90s uh, Spider-Man stuff. I was like, oh my god, this is horrific. Like this is so bad. It was like watching somebody that had done a whole bunch of cocaine and then made a cartoon series. (laughs) I was uh, I was like unable to follow it it was like way too fast it was like I was just like I I don't even understand how I was able to like 
uh, process this as a kid. Um, but then, like, in my rewatching of a couple of those episodes, I saw a lot of people talking about this spectacular Spider-Man series and a lot of people being like, this is probably, like, the best if not version uh, of, like, an animated Spider-Man, like, maybe, like, the best version of Spider-Man that's been done in a medium other than, like, the comic books. And I was like, well, that's, like, pretty high praise, so maybe I'll give it a shot. So I checked it out. I uh, saw there's only the two seasons or whatnot uh, because of, like, legal wranglings with Disney and Sony and how that all went down. Uh, so I was like, I can check this out. So I started watching it, and I have to agree. I think it's one of the better, if it's definitely the best animated Spider-Man show that I've ever seen. Um, and it, I think it's up there with the movies as well as being like the best representation of Spider-Man in a medium that isn't a comic book ever. So that was like kind of how I first started watching it. Um, and, and it had a, I had a similar reaction to it as I did like with Batman where it's like about halfway through I'm like, I just really enjoy this. Not only because I like the character, but like I just think it's a well done show. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think what I really enjoyed about it was it didn't dwell on his origin. It's sort of like oh, no, you yeah. just dive right into his world. And, you know, we're going to talk about the movies after Homecoming comes out in July. But with the movies, I feel like a lot of people were like, okay, we've already seen this. Why are they doing this again? And it's sort of like people who know of Spider-Man kind of already know the origin if they're familiar with the character and it's not you know some complicated thing the dude got bit by a spider <laughs> and has spider powers now <laughs> like i don't know if they necessarily need to go over that so many times mind you it's like a genetically altered spider that's in a testing lab and whatnot but you know that's the basis of it and this just jumps right in and they give us some of you know, the big Spider-Man villains in this with Vulture, Electro, Sandman, and these challenges right away, essentially. And I think that's sort of what made it so good. And I think, you know, we probably said the same thing about Batman, the animated series, because Batman is another one of those characters where it's like, we have just been beaten over the head with his origin if anybody, story. If, yeah, God, if anyone has to show us uh, Martha and Wayne Kent getting shot again, I'm going to lose my mind on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel the same way about uh, about Spider-Man where it's like, we we know the story. Like, just go. Like, there's no reason not to, especially with, like, a cartoon, um, which is not necessarily meant to, like, you have to catch every single episode back to back to back to back. Like, there's things that you can just check in on. And it's like, if you just happen to see it on TV, I mean, it's airing on TV after school or whatever, so somebody just pops in on it they need to know what's happening and so you don't need to go into like let's do four episodes telling you the story you already know, already know. it's like nope he's spider-man he's doing his thing and uh there you go like it, it sets it all up and i think that's i hope that that's what they continue to do with the movies and if they ever reboot this franchise again which they'll probably just always do we don't need to go down the origin story again um but i also like that it is a high school version of peter like he's younger he's you know trying to like figure out how to handle being in school and be Spider-Man all at the same time, which I think that's like a really good version of the character to do. I like older Spider-Man too. Like I obviously, I still follow the comic books in that uh, sense, but this is like kind of like in my wheelhouse of like uh, the young Spider-Man trying to figure out what it's like to be a, a superhero. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And another thing I liked was the simplicity that they kept with that. You know, his suit is sort of the simple classic style mm. and then when he gets the symbiote on him you know the black suit even just looks 
very nice and very simple. And I know his suit has been a topic of conversation many times before because, you know, we see this over time with comic book characters where their suits sort of evolve to kind of evolve with the times, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, Spider-Man shouldn't have the same suit that they had in like the 60s or 70s when it's 2017. So, you know, (laughs) there's obviously these gadgets you can do and make to enhance them. And I think, you know, they kept things simple here. They didn't get too complicated with anything. And, you know, the only thing that was really complicated was Peter's life of trying to be (laughs) Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And I think that's sort of how that character is best portrayed to whether or not it's high school Peter or, you know, college Peter, he still has to have that balance of being himself and being Spider-Man. And, and they did. A, go ahead. Oh, definitely. No, I was going to say it's definitely true. And they did a really good job, I think, of capturing like the few things that really make Spider-Man work, which is not only keeping that simple, but showing like the personality, showing like that he has fun when he's in the costume. He's joking. He's doing he's cracking uh Wisecracks doing all of his stuff, but then he's also trying to figure out how to be, you know, a son-like figure with Aunt May. He's trying to figure out how to be friends with uh, all the people at school, and, like, he's not uh, necessarily, like, an outcast, but he has, like, a small group of friends, and he doesn't quite fit in. He gets picked on by the jocks and what to do and how to raise money, how to make money, how to, like, what's he need to do to, like, be a sustainable, like, human being. And I think it's that, like, coming-of-age story that, uh, you know, resonates so well with people. Yeah, and they even did the writing very well with this series because, you know, I tossed in a few quotes that sort of just made me laugh. And, you know, you have Flash saying, the geeks are inheriting the earth. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Peter's kind of just around and like, yep, okay, (laughs) whatever you say, Flash. And then... Spidey mentions that a television so cannot be trusted. And that felt so relevant, especially in, you know, 2017, where it's like everyone takes everything at face value and doesn't bother looking into whether or not something's true. It's just if someone says it on TV or on Twitter or wherever, people will believe it. And, you know, I just found that the writing was very comical and it made a lot of situations a lot lighter, which is basically everything about Spider-Man. There is never a time where Spider-Man isn't cracking jokes while he's out fighting bad guys and that sort of thing. And I think they just captured that so well. And there was only really one thing I was unsure how I felt about it in this, and it was the whole Liz Allen storyline with Peter, because Mm. I haven't read you know two well i've read a lot of spider-man but mostly it was bendis's 133 issue run (laughs) and you know that's all about mary jane and gwen and they're the two main you know other friends in his Mm -hmm. life or girlfriends and whatnot and then when they threw liz allen in this i was like wait does she have anything to do with anything or are they sort of just giving peter someone else to focus on solely for this show do you know what the case is with that about what about Liz Allen, is she part of the comics too, or was she yeah, sort she's, of just she's, someone yeah, in the she's show? Yeah, she's in the comics uh, a couple of times. I haven't uh, read the stuff with her in it in a while, um, and exactly where she portrays. But she, the, it's a name that is familiar uh, to me from oh God. I don't remember exactly what era that that was. Okay, uh, I I didn't love that storyline as much either, just because I liked what they were doing uh, when they were handling with the things. Uh, 
with Professor Connors and they're doing all the like lizard stuff and then the symbiote comes to town and then you get Venom and all of that. I liked the way that they portrayed um, Eddie Brock and Gwen and like that group of people so much right. more. So I, I kind of just zoned out during all of that. And I, but that's one thing that's like it's both great about the show and also sucks. I mean, it's a really short run. It's only two seasons. I don't know yeah. how many episodes exactly. 24 or something altogether, 26, something like that. Um, but that you basically get in the spot where a lot happens, but at the same time, like you want so much more. And so they're trying to fit like a lot into those episodes. So the stories do go really quickly, but at the same time, like I'm always like, man, I wish I, I wish I could have more of this. Like I wish there was more <laughs> to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. And one of my favorite moments too, was when Stanley made an appearance in it because with Marvel movies, it's like, okay, when is Stan Lee going to make his cameo? And I didn't realize that was also something he has done in animated shows. So I was pleasantly surprised by it. And it was a pretty comical moment, too. So, <laughs> you know, that helps. But I would definitely say the good highly outweighs the bad in this series. And I really wanted it to be like seven seasons or something like that. Something much longer than, you know, two 13 episode seasons. Me too. I I do think that they're supposedly relaunching another new Spider-Man animated thing, uh, probably around when Homecoming comes out this year. So I I hope that they take a lot of cues from this version of the show. I know that the one that follows this is called like the ultimate Spider-Man or something like that. And I watched a couple episodes of it and it just didn't have the same heart. It didn't have the same like feel to it. It was way too... Wow. Like it just felt a little chaotic and the jokes were super juvenile and I was just like, eh, I don't think I can handle this. Like it just it felt like not it, it wasn't handled with the same care that something like this was. Um, so I'll be curious to see what they end up doing with the, the next version of a Spider-Man animated show and I'll definitely be watching it. But I do think that this is one that if like anybody is looking to get into Spider-Man or looking to like just have some sort of like Spider-Man TV show to watch, this is the one that I think I'd always recommend for. I just think that it's the best incarnation of so many of the different characters and what they do with like the rogue gallery all the way from the Green Goblin Goblin to Venom to how they portray uh, Mysterio and all of all of those uh, Doctor Octopus like the the big group of them like they do a really good job with kind of weaving Spider Man in and out of all of those tales and I I just really like it. Yeah, and they even tackled the sinister six and everything like that so they even you know had these villains team up and everything and it really (laughs) did feel like you were essentially watching a comic book come to live on your tv Mm -hmm. screen that's at least how i felt about this because they just captured everything that we've come to love about spider-man in the comics and put it onto (laughs) your tv in an animated form and because of how comic books are drawn it's definitely more leaning towards what animation is for tv to just you know the Mm -hmm. house styles that marvel and dc both have basically lend themselves to animated characters a lot better i would say than necessarily live action does and i think Mm -hmm. the way they captured spider-man's personality and peter parker's personality just mesh so well in this and it's like you were essentially staring at your tv having a comic book come to live in front of your face (laughs) 
<laughs> Definitely. And they're like, what, 20 minutes, 22 minutes, something like that. Like it's a quick little burst that you could watch. You can watch in the background. You can just have on. It's not like dramatic television that you need to like sit down and like engulf, you know, like I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale right now. And I feel like if I turn away from that, like I, I'm going to miss something important and I'm always like completely drawn into it. And with Spider-Man, it's more of like the distraction stuff, which is very similar to how I've always consumed the comic books where it's like it's an escape from reality. It's part of escapism. It's part of like I just want X amount of minutes to kind of turn my brain off and not have to think too much about anything, and I think it does a perfect job uh, for for what it's what it's setting out to do and what I use it as. So it's right up there with comic books for me about being a thing that I can like turn to and not have to like have the weight of the entire world like crashing down on my shoulders for for twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And with the way that comics are written now, the fact that you can read through them so quickly too, just like you could get through the show quickly it sort of just mm -hmm. feels like the best way to sort of just forget about everything else for a bit and i know we have five different comic book series which <laughs> we're going to talk about still so do you want to jump into those do you have any final thoughts on the show no, not really. I mean, again, it's only two seasons, so it's, like, hard to do what we did uh, with, like, the Batman animated series and, like, dive into, like, favorite episodes because it's not that same kind of show. It's not, right. like, the Batman animated series where it's so long and it's really deep and, like, you can, like, deconstruct it. It's more of a – it's a fun version of Spider-Man that if you like Spider-Man, uh, the character, you'll like the show. Like, that's just basically, like, the top-line pitch, and I don't know anybody that's ever been, like, a Spidey fan that doesn't enjoy it, and it's a fun show to watch that does have some heart and I think really gets to like the core of like the Peter Parker character that's really that's re I'm just trying to get more people to watch the show because I liked it <laughs> yeah for sure and I concur that anyone who is a Spidey fan should go watch this but to start off our comic book discussion we're going to actually start with some Spider-Gwen stuff Woo. and I had heard about Spider-Gwen and I hadn't gotten into the comics just yet because I was a little confused on whether or not there were comics leading up to her solo series that I would necessarily need to read to understand. But I decided, you know, screw it. I'll just jump right in <laughs> with all these things Jason is telling me to read. And the first volume of Spider-Gwen is only five issues. Correct. Yeah. Five issues. I think it starts with like a, I, like the whole thing, like this is the problem with comic books, right? Like trying to figure out where to start or where to jump in. Like every time you find a place to jump in, you technically could go back like five issues and start <laughs> yeah. five issues before. And then you start there and you're like, well, I should just go back like another 20. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like where do I ever start? So like a lot of times you just have to pick a place and go, okay, I'm going. Like I'm going to, I'm going to jump into this. And like Spider-Gwen's story kind of began in the whole lead up to uh, was it Spider-Verse which which I don't remember exactly what with the lead up into it was but the idea is like there's a bunch of different multi-dimensions multi-worlds out there and in one of the worlds uh, stuff happens to the world where Gwen is bit Gwen Stacy is bit by the spider not Peter Parker and she becomes the character and so you're like kind of just given that uh as like an off aside in uh, one of the amazing Spider-Man runs like they do like a thing where they show you what's going on in like this universe what's going on in this universe what's going on in this universe and one universe Spider-Man's a pig and one universe Spider-Man Spider-Man's a monkey like there's just different versions of it but the character like resonated with people when they first saw like this one off 
one-off little thing and then decided to give it, uh, give her her own series because of how popular she was. So, like, if you're going to start, I believe that there is a Spider-Gwen Zero, which is, like, whatever the one-off thing is from the Amazing Spider-Man run, and then it goes into the Volume 1, which is 1 through 5, um, which is, like, kind of just tosses you into the world, though. Like, it doesn't give you a whole lot of uh, backstory or leadway. And yeah. You know, Going on Wikipedia and being like, what the hell is going on? Like, why, why don't I know what's happening here? Uh. Yeah. So when I started to dive into these first five issues and I knew there had been some short run and then a stop because a similar thing happened when they started renumbering everything. I believe it was last year or 2015. It's like some comics had these short runs and then they were suddenly starting over. I believe it happened with, you know, like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, maybe Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel or something like that. And I feel like that sort of made it a little more confusing on which one you were supposed to start with because you would have, you know, a Miss Marvel in 2015 and then a Miss Marvel later in 2015. And you're like, wait, <laughs> but which, which one do I start with? <laughs> and so that's sort of what this felt like to me. And even though I was confused going into it, it had me intrigued like I wanted to know more about this character and I definitely wasn't super concerned that I didn't know the entire backstory because eventually you sort of get the gist of it and it doesn't need to be explained to you right up front it's just I'm so used to the comics starting that way and the movies <laughs> and everything that I was like wait they they did it differently. <laughs> it sort Especially of just, with a new character, like yeah. you're hoping that with a new character you get a you can figure out a little bit more early on. And I don't know. It was weird because I do feel like that first run of uh, five episode five issues, five or six issues if you count uh, whatever Edge of Spider Verse was. Um, they like they're kind of trying to figure out what the series is going to be, who these characters are, what's going on, and it feels a little bit more haphazard. And I do think that in volume two, which I think is up to now eighteen ep uh, issues, maybe nineteen, um, they've gotten like they kind of understand what the series is more. And I think that that's a better like version of the character as in general, just because it, it has more uh, backstory. It lets you know kind of what happened before and who the Peter Parker on her world was, what happened with him and like why she is the the person that she is now. Um, whereas like those first five, it just felt like a lot of the times I was like, what, what, what is happening? Why, why do I not know, uh, some of these things that they keep referencing and you like, you wish that you knew, but it does end up, as you said, kind of like playing itself out and you figure it all out by the end. Yeah. And looking it up now, Spider-Gwen made her first appearance in Edge of Spider-Verse number two, it looks like, which I definitely did not read. So, you know, if that goes over her origin, then I would definitely suggest maybe checking that out first. But I have no idea because, like I said, I haven't It kind it. of does. Like, again, it's very similar. Like, you kind okay. of just get that. And they do, like, a little flashback of, like, like in literally, like, the first page or the second page or something where it's basically, like, yeah, at one point Peter Parker, like, wanted to become a spider person so he took the he takes the osborne serum he becomes the lizard she fights him and then he dies and so like it's the opposite version of like what happened in what most people know of spider-man of like peter parker becomes spider-man and gwen stacy dies so it's like the opposite and you get that within like literally the first page where it's like hey this is what happened and now you're off to the races and you're like whoa okay here we go <laughs> 
Yeah, so it looks like at times they're referring to these first five issues as volume zero, and then the next set is volume one, which is very confusing because you and I have them listed as volume one and volume two. Like, why give us a volume zero? That's just obnoxious. But Zero's not a number. Knock it off, people. <laughs> but basically, you know, these first five issues give you sort of just a look at, hey, here's this new character. Here's what she does. And, you know, it's this basically single arc that you have and we might as well just go ahead and go on to the second volume of this because it's a much longer run and i believe we went through issues one through 18 and the first annual issue which i probably read the annual out of order because i was too lazy to go back and figure out like (laughs) where that came because usually it's standalone stories anyway so i was like all right whatever that's fine and I definitely felt that this volume gave me a much better grasp on the character and her origin because, you know, they go over this with her and Harry about how, you know, Harry watched Spider-Gwen. Well, they call her Spider-Woman, first of all, which then just makes things more confusing (laughs) because, you know, there's a Spider-Woman already, but because no one really knows that she's Gwen Stacy except for the readers and a select few other people... You know, she's Spider-Gwen to us, but Spider-Woman to everyone else. And I, it's, it's very, very difficult for me to sort of grasp that as a concept because I'm like, but this person is Spider-Woman. <laughs> and that aside, I really enjoyed this run. And I think the whole tension with her and Harry, especially, you know, when he, we find out that he just stood there and watched it happen without saying, you know, hey, that's Peter Parker. And the fact that it was Peter Parker turning into a lizard or something like that, a big green lizard, (laughs) like we saw Dr. Connors do. It's just interesting how they tweaked the story in such a minor way, but in a major way for the Spider-Verse, basically. Yeah, and I think that this is where the comic really gets into its own. Like, this is where it finds its footing and becomes something which I wish I consider pretty special because I really like it. Um, and that's because they do start kind of diving in. And it's, but they do it in a way that it's not just a rehash of, like, the Spider-Man story, right? Like, they could very easily just be like, well, somebody else got bit by the spider, so, hey, here's your great power comes great responsibility. Blah, just go. And instead they don't. Like, instead they really, like, give her different motivations for why she becomes spider, a spider person and why she becomes Spider-Woman. Um, I'm just going to keep saying Spider-Gwen. And yeah. <laughs> why, she be, why she becomes Spider-Gwen and why she puts on the mask, why she puts on the costume, why she's going out there, like what her, what the internal struggle it is that she's dealing with. She's a little bit older. She's got roommates. I, you know, she plays in a band. She's a drummer for uh, Mary Jane's band. You get to meet like the same, similar characters of names that you know. For example, like Harry Osborne, Peter Parker's referenced, uh, her father, Captain Stacy's referenced, like you, uh, Jonah Jameson's referenced. Like you get a bunch of the like same names but since it's in a quote like different universe uh you get to learn completely different things about them and sometimes they're a little bit similar sometimes they're very different in like how they're portrayed in the rest of the world uh but what i also really like about this i was gonna call it the second volume i guess it's volume one because we have a volume zero because (laughs) nobody can nobody can (laughs) label comics correctly to make it easy for anybody um but what i like is that this is also when there are crossovers and she's like dimension hopping and showing up in our world earth whatever it is 
616 or something with like the Spider-Man that we know and love. And all of a sudden it's like in there and you get to see like Miles Morales and dealing with that. You get to see, you know, Spider-Woman from our world with Jessica Drew. You get all sorts of different versions uh, of the Spider-Verse kind of comes together because she like pops in and does like some missions and things with those characters. Um, and so it doesn't feel so standalone-ish as whereas the first volume to me just feels like it's kind of its own little thing. And here it's like it opens up the entire world for kind of what you know and love if you're a Marvel slash Spider-Man fan. Yeah. Can we briefly talk about Frank Castle being a cop? <laughs> because the irony in that just kills me. And, you know, I saw the character and I was like, no, they didn't do that. And I was like, oh, they did do that. And, you know, he's still the Punisher in a lot of ways, but now he's a cop. And I was like, who let this guy be a cop? You know, and <laughs> I enjoy the Punisher, not necessarily all of the different versions that we've seen. Mm -hmm. I think when they put him in Daredevil, a lot of people had mixed feelings about that, but the general sense of the character, it's like, okay, I can get behind this and you mm. sort of understand why he does what he does. But in this, it feels totally different from that because he is a cop. Yeah. It's an interesting choice. And it's especially like in the ongoing world that we have now with like, uh, the police and when and if they go over the line and he's the kind of cop in this series that definitely crosses the line <laughs> like and which is similar I guess to the regular like Punisher uh, and then you also have the same uh, similar ish choice that they make with uh, Matt Murdock Daredevil and he's basically a lawyer in this world for the mob and yeah. he's not a he's not a good person um so it is interesting to see like the choices that they made for these characters that you kind of know and like you recognize the name and you're like that's matt murdoch like that's daredevil but that's not who he is in this you know universe uh which is which sometimes it's like it's an interesting way to like give a new spin on what could have happened right like the idea of like well if they didn't make these choices in their other life like or in the other dimension this is who they could have been and i think that that's that's always fascinating to me like i like i'm a sucker for those kind of stories yeah and i wouldn't even say this is necessarily an alternate reality it's just yeah, like you yeah. mentioned with the different earths this is their reality all of these characters are these people on this specific earth and i know the whole multiverse thing gets very confusing because personally both dc and marvel have confused me with it at times because i'm like wait which which one which earth are we on like what what earth is like our earth that everything is set in is it just earth one or are there different ones are we on a specific one right now and you know here they at least sort of tell you what earth you're going to especially with the multi-dimensional travel that they can do <laughs> which that's like a whole other thing this is why you know these are comic books and not real life <laughs> so they can sort of get away with a lot more than you can if you're trying to make something way more realistic. And I think the fact that they take characters like Daredevil and the Punisher and sort of turn everything upside down on us and make them into these characters we would never think they could have been just makes this comic so much more entertaining, too. And I think that's something that, you know definitely makes it a lot more unique than some of the other Spider-Verse books. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I also like the idea of, because it is a, you know, Gwen Stacy, that when the, uh, 
when the characters all come together, and for example, you see like Earth 616 Peter Parker, when you see the version that we all know of Peter Parker, like he has the history of uh, what happened to Gwen Stacy on his Earth, and the fact that like she died and he's always considered himself responsible for that death. So like he has this like innate need to like protect her and she's like what the hell man like on my earth my peter parker died like that's why i'm you know who i am and my hero like you don't need to protect me and like they, they have an interesting relationship back and forth based on like histories that aren't with each other but they look and act a little bit like the people that they once knew and so they feel like they have to react in that way and i i, I think find that pretty fascinating as well yeah definitely and you know we mentioned that this one sort of gives us more crossovers and everything like that. But I think, you know, what we'll do here is we'll talk about this and the current Spider-Man run back to back just because they have that crossover there. And I personally really enjoyed the crossover because we're getting Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales together for the first time. And Miles is in this situation where his dad has gone back to being a shield agent because he knows that Miles is Spider-Man and you know there's a whole lot going on with Miles in his own book and everything but for now why don't we just talk about that little crossover do you have any thoughts on sort of how they made that happen because of the multi-dimensional travel or interdimensional travel whatever they are calling it i don't understand <laughs> it's just like there's something on their wrists and they can yeah. magically be on different earths it's not like that all, that all happened i believe in the spider-verse series which are a okay. crossover event that started in amazing spider-man where there's like uh, it's I mean, it's comic books, so it's like you're getting weird the moment you start talking about it. Where it's like, there's like <laughs> these vampire people that basically feed off of all of the Spider-Men and Spider-Women and Spider-People throughout the entire like universe. And they go there and kill all of them, and that's how they get their power. And we all need to like band together to fight. That's like basic idea of, <laughs> of the giant web that is all of these universes being tied together. Um, anyway, so that aside, once they all can come together and know and like have hung out with each other and met and stuff uh you do get some cool crossovers like this of miles and spider gwen together uh, i think i read spider gwen's arc first and then went back and read the like follow-up stuff that happens in miles morales's series to like get both sides of the entire thing which again comic books make it very difficult to do that and i wish i would have like probably like switched between the two while while uh, reading and it would have made the story a little bit make a little bit more sense yeah. but whatever i i didn't because i'm stupid and didn't really realize that until the end and i was like oh i probably should have read these in a different order that said i do really like the way they do it because obviously also a big fan of the miles morales spider-man and i liked the little uh back and forth they had i liked the idea of these two characters going on like a quote mission together and what they were able to do uh during that there's like slight little hints at uh love interest possibilities for both of them in the future uh and just being the fact that i like both of those characters i thought they played off each other really well like you have miles personality and you have gwen's personality and when they put on the mask of course they're both like cracking jokes like every spider person does in the 
entire universe. But at the same time, they have very distinct, like, who they are. And, like, I think that really comes through in that they it works well for them to play off each other in that. And for Miles to be, like, fish out of water when he goes to her world and, like, his dad... And the version of his dad in that world is basically a crime lord. And, like, how does he deal with that? And, like, I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was really well done. And I'm glad that they did it. And especially seeing Miles in that crazy 80s hot pink and green world that is Spider-Gwen's, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I did the same thing you did. I read through Spider-Gwen. And it's, like, in Marvel Unlimited, when I was reading through those specific crossover issues you know you'll get that extra page or whatever telling you like hey here's the whole list of what you need to read for this crossover and I still ignored it because I was like <laughs> I don't want to flip back and forth between the two so I just read straight through this second run of Spider-Gwen and then I even you know read the other two Miles Morales <laughs> ones before coming back to the recent one and reading through that so i had quite a bit of a gap before i, yeah, I even did the same thing <laughs> i think i did it exactly it. that way <laughs> yeah because i was just like you know what screw it i'm just gonna read these in the order of the release <laughs> and just do that and i don't know if it necessarily made the experience something i didn't enjoy as much but it definitely made me sort of take a step back and be like oh wait we're back in the crossover. Okay, so this is what happened, and I'm all caught up, you know, because I read them so closely together, too, I didn't think it would matter all that much, because I want to say yeah. from the second run of Spider-Gwen through the current Spider-Man run, I probably read everything in between in, like, two or three days. <laughs> so that's, you know, sort of the perk of having Marvel Unlimited. You can just sort of blow through a ton of series. And I had read one of them before, so I kind of just skimmed that anyway. But one of the they other things... They do a things... pretty good job to... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, one of the things that they do with in the Miles Morales series too is like the way that they do that crossover. He's basically already come back and he's like telling the story to uh, yeah. his roommates, which that's a good way of like, if you haven't read any of the Spider-Gwen stuff, you can just read Miles' line and you still feel like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. Like, you don't feel like, oh, shit, I'm missing too much out of it, which if I would have read it that way first, I think it would have been better because I was just like, what, what's kind of happening when it started happening in the Spider-Gwen stuff? But, oh, well. Yeah, and before we move on to cover the rest of what happened in the current Spider-Man run, I do want to mention Jessica Drew, a pregnant Jessica Drew, <laughs> making quite the appearance in Spider-Gwen because, you know she's Spider-Woman and she sort of gives Gwen these little pointers and she's kind of, because she's pregnant, you know, she has all these emotions going on and I think they portrayed her so well in this and it really just made the sort of life lessons between the two a lot more entertaining and, you know, Gwen isn't that much older than Miles in this. I know she's out of high school and out of her dad's house and everything, but she's not, you know, like a seasoned veteran in the superhero mm -hmm. community or anything like that. So there's still sort of this young innocence and this struggle to find that balance. And I think they sort of put Jessica Drew in this position to guide her through it in a really interesting and comical way. 
Yeah, it's a really good like mentorship relationship. And like, I mean, even there's a crossover in Amazing Spider-Man where uh, Gwen comes and actually is like doing some stuff with Peter Parker. And like he cracks a joke like, I know you always stop in for lunch with, you know, with Spider-Woman. Why don't you ever come see me? I know you're here like cracking about that. But the fact that they don't use Spider-Man as like that mentor, like it is Spider-Woman and like she's there explaining, like helping and like helps uh, – guide Gwen kind of on this path of what whatever it ends up she might be and that that's very much uh that's a very different relationship than Spider-Woman has with like Miles Morales for example like there's a different way that she handles him becoming Spider-Man the first time and like she's not super happy about it All right, let me just interrupt the podcast real quick to tell you guys a little more about Loot Crate. Like I mentioned, the link is trylootcrate.com forward slash geekdompod, but that will be in the show notes. And it's pretty timely because the June box for Loot Crate will actually include some Spider-Man stuff. And it also includes some stuff from DC and the Transformers. And the theme is Alter Ego. So you guys can check that out if you order it by June 19th. You will get it shipped to you sometime between June 20th and 30th, so they have a pretty quick turnaround there. And again, you will be getting some exclusive items that you can only get in this box, and it's definitely a great thing you can get for yourself. You can even get them as as gifts for people, and you have different options. You can either just sign up for a month to get a single box or you could do, you know, like six months or 12 months. And then I believe if you do the year long subscription, you will get an extra item for being, you know, so dedicated to Loot Crate. And like I said, the link will be in the show notes, will be in the podcast chapter. So you don't have to worry about that. But that's what you need to know for Loot Crate. And we want to just thank them for sponsoring the show. Why don't we go ahead and continue talking about the current Spider-Man run and obviously we already mentioned this is the Miles Morales Spider-Man and he's in high school but at the same time he's away from his parents enough to where he can sort of more believably get away with a lot of what he's getting away with because you know he's in a dorm room essentially so it's like he's in college but I'm pretty sure it's still a high school isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and it starts with in the it's it's the continuation of Ultimate Spider-Man to begin with, which was like the rebooting version of Spider-Man they did. I don't even know how long ago it was now, whenever they first did the Ultimate line of comics. And it's like, hey, this is a new take on the character, different dimension. It's not like the same like reality of everything that you know, basically. It's okay. just a new world. It's a new world. So that was like the original Ultimate Spider-Man that uh, they did, which is like started from basically the beginning and went all the way through with Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Now, at the end of that run, this is giving anything away uh unless like you have never read anything like that (laughs) version of peter parker dies and at that point miles takes on the mantle of being spider-man and i think in the very first run he's like 13 or 14 when he first gets the powers um and he's struggling with all of that and then as it goes in he moves for like at this point now he's like early college or whatever so yeah it's very i do think that it's early high school but he's been uh selected to be part of one of the charter schools right. that has uh like live-in dorms so he has a roommate Genki who he gets to hang out with and they're friends uh <laughs> and who's pretty funny uh and that's like the world that we're in 
Yeah, and in this version, his mom is still alive, which is what confused me. So, you know, spoiler alerts for the other <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man. These naming things need to I know, work yeah, themselves we, out. I was like, Ultimate basically, what? Like, <laughs> they, so at some point, I don't remember if it was, I think it was the Secret Wars era of Marvel. They basically got rid of the Ultimate like universe, and they merged it with... The new universe. And so that's why now all of a sudden Miles and like this version of Peter Parker are like hanging out together and they both live in New York. And at that point, because like in the original like Ultimate Comics run of Miles, uh, his mom passes away, dies by a stray bullet in a hospital. And when they did the merging of like the two universes uh, for I don't even know who did it. Doctor Strange, somebody like that. One of the one character does something at some point and all of a sudden everyone's living in New York. And at that point, his mom comes back. So that's where that all like happened. Um, And like all the people from like the original like ultimate comic run of Spidey. dead maybe possibly don't exist i tried to do some research on it because i was confused <laughs> and so i was like reading around like wikipedia and stuff and like all the wikipedia entries are like uh presumably just dead presumably this character <laughs> is, is like dead because the ultimate like world just disappeared it's like okay just gonna just gonna go with that i guess if you're a comic book writer you can just decide what you want to do and i guess like at some point marvel decided yeah we want to bring like miles and uh current peter parker together and like have them all in this world and both be chilling and running around New York and so they just did it in the weirdest way possible (laughs) yeah and you know obviously you can dive so deep into these things just to you know make yourself less confused but you'll probably just end up being more confused so I sort of just went with it I was like all right his mom's alive and here we are and here's some Civil War 2 stuff (laughs) which I haven't read Civil War 2 but I think that the way they handled it in this you didn't necessarily need to read it because you have Tony Stark calling miles up and being like hey i need to talk to you can you be on this rooftop at this time and he basically explains the situation in a page or a few pages or whatever it is and that's good enough i feel like Mm -hmm. when you have these crossovers that sort of force you to read something else to understand the story that's when i'm like uh did you guys really have to do this but i think they handled it well here and while i do plan on reading civil war 2 at some point i'll probably just read you know like the main issues the six or seven issues that it was just so i can kind of get myself up to speed with you know who's dead who's not all right here we go (laughs) this is where we're (laughs) starting from after this and In this, you know, Miles is torn because he agrees with Tony Stark, but he doesn't want to fight other heroes. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, as a high school kid, that's definitely something that a kid would probably be more prone to think about. So I think they did that part very well. And then I believe with issue 15, it's his mom finding out that he's Spider-Man. Yeah, sounds right. Like right at the end of it, right? Yeah, Yeah. and she just, you know, gets up and leaves. And so we're kind of just left here waiting. And we're like, wait, what's (laughs) going to happen? (laughs) Yeah, and Miles has dealt with throughout like his life, like lots of different abandonment issues. You know, his dad was gone for a while and then back. uh, His uncle passed away. Like there's just a variety of different things that he's had to deal with. And uh, 
handle those different struggles, and I think this is going to be another another part of that. Uh, and that's what's interesting. Like, if anybody's going to read the Miles Morales Spider-Man stuff, I totally would say, like, if you haven't read Ultimate Spider-Man and, like, that run of Spider-Man, it's worth reading because it's, like, it's Bendis and uh, it's really good. And then it that directly plays into Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, like, 1 through 28, which is when Miles first starts. And then they, I think they give it, a new name called like Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man maybe? I yes. I don't remember what exactly yeah. it is. And they give that another name and then that <laughs> has like a 12 issue run which is also really good and really interesting and like has him kind of like learning who he is as Spider-Man and whatnot. And then they've now renamed it another time as they've merged all the timelines together and it just goes by Spider-Man. Uh, and I think there's 15 of those so far and that's also worth go- worth reading. You could just start with that run. Like you could just start reading Spider-Man 1 and you'll probably be fine because it's in this timeline and everything but I do think that his the stories and like who he is as a character is, is worth checking out those those first two whatever they want to call them volumes runs whatever they are at this point. <laughs> yeah I have no idea but on that note why don't we go ahead and talk about Ultimate Comics Spider-Man since this and or since Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen are still ongoing, you know, we can return to those when we do the movies and everything and sort of get up to speed on those again. But with Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, this is the 28-issue series you mentioned. And I believe this is what we're considering Volume 1 for the sake of sort of when Miles became a character. (laughs) And I hadn't read this one. I had read the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, and I thought that was where the character came from because I read that immediately after his Bendis's ultimate Spider-Man run, which was the one that was like 133 issues of Peter Parker. And I read it in like two weeks. So please don't ask me like when anything happened within that series, because it's all just a giant blur, (laughs) but I totally missed out on the ultimate comics Spider-Man because I guess what I did was I just, you know, sort of went to Miles Morales in Marvel Unlimited and I was like oh hey look there's Miles Morales let's read that one and that's sort of the only one I read it's got number one on it so of course that's the first one Yeah, they're they're very bad at this and this is something (sighs) I continue to I continue to rant about especially when anybody wants to get into comics like it makes it more difficult to know kind of where to start unless you start talking to people or asking or spend way too much time diving through like Comic Vine or Comixology or Wikipedia trying to figure out like where things are and where like the beginning of anything is is. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to go by our numbers for this. We're not yes. going to do no volume zeros, nothing like that. So <laughs> Ultimate Comic Spider-Man is essentially volume one of Miles Morales. And this was a fantastic introduction to the character. And, you know, obviously this is the different timeline because this is the one where his mom dies that we were mentioning. And sort of he gets these powers earlier on you know he's much younger than he is in the other ones even though he's still high school age it's like in this it's like very very early high school and he hasn't even gotten into the charter school yet when we first see him and he gets the powers because his uncle brought a spider home right 
Yeah, uh, basically, like they were trying Norman Osborne and like Osborne Industries were trying to recreate the circumstances that led to Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man because they want to like harness that power for evil, <laughs> if I remember correctly. And uh, his uncle is like going through the old Osborne. Uh, building yeah and like one of the spiders gets into his bag and then miles is hanging out with his uncle and the spider bites him and so that he gets these powers and then roughly around that same time is when peter parker spider-man in this world fights uh the green goblin and dies and so he sees that happen and then he like realizes like okay like i have these powers now I need, I need to do something about it. Like, I need to be Spider-Man. And that's kind of where it begins. Yeah, and we should definitely mention that his uncle is the Prowler. So his <laughs> uncle is a criminal and basically tricked him into coming over so he could, you know, end up with these powers or something like that. Basically, it was like this whole master plan to have another Spider-Man. And now he wants him to help him commit crimes and sort of become the main crime boss in the city and I think what they did really well with this too was how they incorporated Aunt May and MJ into this and Gwen even because you know they realize that there's this new Spider-Man and they want to help him because they think that's what Peter would have wanted and you know I don't disagree with that at all I think Peter would definitely want someone to continue saving the city but when he puts on you know like Peter, uh, like a halloween costume basically <laughs> then it's like okay a little too far there so you know he gets his own suit and everything and just the struggle we see him go through with this because he loses his mom and it's interesting to me that they always make someone die just so <laughs> someone could become a superhero it seems <laughs> so you know basically comic books <laughs> yeah yeah and it i mean obviously in the new run both his parents are still alive so you know that that's that but in this he loses his mom and his uncle because he ends up fighting his uncle and then his uncle just kind of goes kaboom <laughs> And so he good way of putting it. <laughs> and so he blames himself because he doesn't know what happened. And mm -hmm. from the looks of it, it's reasonable to think that it's like, okay, hey, you were fighting him and he died. And, you know, finally he's able to sort of get past that and someone lets him know that it was a suit. It wasn't you. You didn't do this. This is, mm -hmm. you know, him using stuff that wasn't supposed to be used. And so that sort of gives him another shot to go do this. And he even stops being Spider-Man for, what is it, a year, I think? Mm -hmm. After his mom passes, yeah. And that sort of gives him this little reset. And I'm glad, you know, they show some of that year of him not being Spider-Man. And, you know, people are trying to get him to pick the mantle back up. And, you know, we sort of see the internal struggle that he's having with it and i think that definitely makes it a lot more powerful when he does go back to being spider-man yeah i think they did two things that were interesting here first is that with 
the original stuff when he first becomes Spider-Man, and he gets the web shooters from Aunt May and, like, Mary Jane, like, and Gwen and stuff, like, come and talk to him and give him the web shooters, like, and he feels like he needs to live up to, like, the expectations that Peter was, right? Like, and he's just like, oh, my God, like, Peter Parker was a genius. Like, he created these. Like, I'm not a genius. Like, he has, like, a lot of imposter syndrome in dealing with that of, like, well, I'm not, like, who Peter was. Am I as good as a as good of a person? Am I as good as a of a hero? Can I do this? Like, I'm not this smart. How? Like, what am I gonna do? And I do like when he starts like going on YouTube to like look at how Spider Man fought and stuff like that, so he can get some idea of like how to be that kind of hero without any training. Um, and then you go from that into then after you know his mom dies and like what to do with the character, what 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 he's gonna be, and he like gives up being Spider Man, which is kind of like a thing that Spider Man seems to do a lot <laughs> just in throughout history uh right. any spider-man is like i don't want to be the superhero anymore and it's like that's it's that always that internal struggle of like well what is this really doing like am i doing any good like the world hates me like if the media is out to get regular old spider-man or if the media wants to you know uh kill spider gwen because they think whatever happened that she was involved with somebody's death like everyone's always like out to get these heroes but yet they have like this internal idea that they need to do good but at the same time they're afraid that they're like causing more harm or people around them are dying and i I just think that's a very universal like theme not only throughout spider-man but like that everybody has like that's something that like you can almost anybody can relate to is that like feeling of like not not really knowing what you should do um and i thought they did a a good job with it here like him giving up and not being like i'm just not going to be spider-man and then the catalyst for him realizing that he needs to that he needs to be and like why and i thought that that was a really cool arc yeah definitely and the fact that he's in high school i think sort of gave him a little more leeway on that because he is Mm -hmm. still a kid so it's a lot easier for you know these other heroes to understand why he did what he did and how much of an impact that can have on someone in high school to you know lose a parent and he had the luxury of not having to be an adult so to speak because Mm -hmm. he had school which obviously school is important but he didn't have, you know, like bills to pay and things to do and like, you know, stuff like that. So he had the luxury. I wouldn't call it a luxury, but he had the choice to not do this because he was still a kid and everyone sort of gave him his space. But I feel like everyone sort of knew he would come back eventually. It was more a matter of when, not if. And, mm-hmm. you know, even Genki if that's how you actually pronounce his name. I know. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. What, I, how do I you say know. it in your head? I, I definitely say that, Yankee. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I say too. Like in my head when I read it and then I'm always like worried afterwards. I'm like, man, is it like pronounced like gank i I have no no, no, i have no idea at all so i'm just like eh, i'm just going with it yeah and i mean it looks like he's going to be the friend in homecoming though so maybe we will find (laughs) out they just just they just gave him the name ned that's that's what they're that's what that's literally what they're calling him in homecoming yeah yeah but it's like it's it's it's, it's 100 the same it's 100 the same character he's playing legos he looks exactly like him and they're just like no it's ned now it's like okay it's like like i don't i don't know it's one of the things that i like though about the fact that they did this with uh miles morales is a lot of people like spider-man in high school like that was one of the things that was really cool about the original ultimate comic run of spider-man is they put peter parker back in high school and like anybody that followed like early 
really like amazing Spider-Man back in the day, like that was like kind of the roots of Spider-Man was he's in high school, he's doing stuff. And that's obviously what Homecoming, the new upcoming TV show or not TV show movie is going to be about is Spider-Man in high school. Um, but as like time goes on and, you know, you do 700 episode, uh, issues of a comic, like you need to do new things with the characters. So, like right now, an amazing Spider-Man or actual Peter Parker, he's, you know, I don't know, mid 30s or whatever. Yeah. And he runs a giant corporation. He... Uh, has gone through so many different things. He's no longer in high school. He runs Parker Industries um, and is basically like a Tony Stark-like character at this point. So it's a different thing. Um, and I know a lot of people were like, don't necessarily love that as much because they're used to like having a Spider-Man that's down on his luck, has no money, like doesn't know what to do, and is like struggling as a like teenager. And I think that that's what this Miles Morales version of the character gives you is it gives you somebody in that world uh in that time frame and like that age group uh that if you really grew up loving spider-man because of you could relate to that i think that this is a really good version of that um and it adds and introduces a lot of different things that uh you wouldn't get with like the peter parker version and i think that's awesome i like that that's one of my favorite things about it and that means that like you can still have amazing spider-man in that run but you can also get like a tale uh, like a bunch of stories that kind of feel like old school Spider-Man stories with like a really great new twist and a new character to like view them through. And I think that's like one of my favorite things about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up with Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, because that's not confusing at all to still have him be Ultimate. But, (laughs) you know, this was the one I had initially read. And, you know, it's a quick run, basically, because it's only the 12 issues. And I think even though this was technically my introduction to the character, it still does a great job of sort of giving you all of the information you need to know about Miles. And I sort of just skimmed through it. And this felt like it had a lot more to do with, you know, Miles still figuring things out and sort of, I believe this is when Maria Hill sort of makes a lot of appearances too. She kind of appears throughout all three of them, but this one is this where uh peter comes back from the dead in this one is that this run yes i believe so okay Okay. yeah where he comes back and this is this one ends with they don't really give you a nice ending but they show like this giant thing that's showing up and i think that's when secret wars takes over and that's when all the universes combine (laughs) yeah and secret wars is sort of where everything started over again like after that was done it was like here's all the number ones again (laughs) yeah yeah, this was a good run, too. Like, I mean, as you said, it's only, what, 12 episodes? Or, God, I keep saying episodes. We start talking about TV to begin with. Like, <laughs> and then it's you've so hard wrecked to keep me them straight. This, you wrecked me for this entire podcast. I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the, but, like, 12 issues with it. And I think it's another good, like, bridge gap. I don't think I like it as much as that first 28 run. Um, and I don't know if I like it as much as what's currently happening. But it's a cool story. There's some good stuff in it. And if you liked the ultimate universe of Spider-Man, um, with like the, that version of Doctor Doom and that version of Shield and stuff, I think that's a pretty good one. Is that the run that handles uh, Shield trying to take over again, or is that in the first one? I never, I, I can't keep all of this together. Well, I know they have like the Cloak and Dagger team up. Okay, that's that one. Okay, that's a good. That those are good episodes. At some good. point, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Cloak yeah. and Dagger might have been that first run though, because it was so much uh-huh. longer. 
Yeah, you might be right. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head. I think that one of them has to do with like deal with more of Shield and Doctor Doom coming up at the end and like uh, dealing with Miles and his relationship uh, with the um, with Shield and the girl and her family. Yeah, I I, I am getting here. We are Wikipediaing this on air right now, so just bear with us. <laughs> But I think, you know, the thing about Miles Morales is that you can sort of put him in a bunch of these different situations, and it's always interesting to see how he handles it. This is the one where Dr. Doom shows up, and okay. he is dating Katie Bishop, That's right. and, you know, he ends up being taken by hydra <laughs> so yeah, this is definitely yeah. the one that's more shield and hydra based and i don't know if i was necessarily expecting dr doom to just show up because you know <laughs> when you're reading these and you're not you know reading literally all of the other marvel comics sometimes you mm -hmm. will miss things and obviously yeah. you know we've seen a lot of these end up tying into other things like the current run tied mm -hmm. into civil war two and they had everything tie into civil war two mm -hmm. for like yeah. a few issues at least but yeah this one is definitely a lot more shield and hydra based and i think maybe that might have taken people out of it a little more than either ultimate comics or the current run because it's like mm -hmm. For a lot of it, he doesn't necessarily get to be doing Spider-Man type things because mm -hmm. he's stuck in a place that we don't know where he is. He doesn't know where he is. And it's definitely not the streets of New York, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Uh, that said, it's good. Like, And I do think that like, if people want to get into the Miles Morales comics, they, they absolutely should. And if you if you like Spider-Man at all, like that is a great version of the character. Like don't nobody should sleep on that. Uh, and I think like I, I went on a huge Spider-Man binge. Like for I don't remember exactly what kind of sparked it. I think we were all talking about Spider-Man in uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming thread on Chorus.fm. And like we were talking about that sort of stuff. And from that, I was like, man, I haven't seen like that spectacular Spider-Man TV show in a while. I'm going to download that. So I downloaded that and I started watching that again. And then I was like, man, I haven't like checked in and like kept up to date on a lot of the comic books in a while. And so I started like going to find like, what did I miss? Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I missed like an entire like run and a half of the Miles stuff. And there was like 20, uh, 20 issues of that that I wanted to download and like check out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I plowed through that. And then I plowed, and then I was like, everyone's talking about Spider-Gwen. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> plowed through Spider-Gwen. And then like, so I've like, I've read like so much Spider-Man stuff now. Cause then I got caught up on the amazing Spider-Man stuff as well. Cause I was like, well, I might as well go see what's happening in the, like that world. And then from there, it like branched into being like, well, I could go back a little bit and like see what was happening right before. So I read all the Spider-Verse stuff. And then I started reading Spider-Man 2099. Cause I was like, eh, might as well read that. And then, uh, in the thread, uh, Tim was like, well, you should check out the Silk comic, which is another version of a spider character. And I was like, okay, I'll read Silk. So I read that. And now I'm reading uh, the Spider-Man slash Deadpool stuff, which is like okay. the team up stuff where it's just, it's just Spider-Man and Deadpool. And it's obnoxious and completely ridiculous, but it's also kind of amazing. So I've been reading that as well. So it's just been like this, just so much Spider-Man over the past month and a half has been injected into my life. Yeah. And like I said, I sort of went through a ton of this and like, a few days so that's why everything blurred together for me and I only skimmed 
this series, the 12 issues, because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I've read these before. I know I've read them before. So I won't sit down and like read every word again. I'll sort of just flip through and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. I remember this. And this is the one where Peter comes back. And then that sort of leads into Miles being taken because, you know, Miles had never met Katie Bishop's parents and had no clue they were Hydra and she failed to mention that just like he failed to you know give her a heads up that he was Spider-Man earlier in their relationship so and that's how things go south you know he tells her she tells her sister her sister blabs to the parents and it's like this is why you don't tell people (laughs) that's amazing uh, so you're going to keep reading? Like, is, it, is your plan to continue, like, trying to keep up to date with any of the things? Or are you going to give it a few months and then have, like, three or four to, to binge on? I think because I use Marvel Unlimited, which is always six months behind, I'm not necessarily always up to date. I mean, I know I got up to date mm-hmm. on Spider-Gwen and Spider-Man for this because I knew we were going to be doing this. So I will probably go back and read some of the still more recent but the older spider-man stuff like you mentioned the amazing spider-man and i know there was clone conspiracy renew your vows and i think some of those are starting to pop up on marvel unlimited there's just so Mm -hmm. much spider-man that i sort of just need to sit down one day and like scroll (laughs) through all of the spider-man stuff in marvel unlimited and be like okay I'll read this, I'll read this, and I'll read this. And, you know, once I'm all caught up on that, I will go here. I feel like I need, like, (laughs) a planner just for my comic book reading sometimes. (laughs) I know. know. It's hard. Like, And, like, that's what I did with Amazing Spider-Man, where I was basically like, okay, so I started with the clone conspiracy, like, thing, and, like, tried to go find, like, okay, where's this start? And then I'm going to read all of that and then be like, okay, what was the story before that, which I think was Spider-Verse? And then I was like, well, I'm going to go find where Spider-Verse starts and then read all of that. And it's, like, it's very difficult to, like, try to go figure out, like, okay, what episode or issue – I'm going to do this <laughs> What issue does this does this start on and where do I need to go and, like, try to find all of that? Uh, because I want to read, like, that, like, series I don't want to be stuck in a spot of like you just come in halfway through and you're like what's going on like I tried that with Amazing Spider-Man at one point I'm like wait he owns his own company now and he used to be Dr. Octopus was in his head and (laughs) ran him for a while I'm like what is happening I was like I need to figure this out and that's when you just go on deep Wikipedia dives see part of me is like screw it I'm just going to start from the very very beginning with the amazing Spider-Man number one and I will start from there (laughs) and go all the way through but then you sort of look and you're like this is thousands of comics I cannot do this yeah exactly at that point you're just like oh no yeah because I have in Marvel Unlimited I sort of just saved the first issue of the runs I want to read otherwise I would have like thousands of issues saved in my library and you know I recently did an entire podcast on Marvel Unlimited I don't know if you checked it out yet or not but Scott Fugger and I were like why can't we do this why can't we do this I love it but why can't we do this (laughs) it was sort of one of those things like when you were talking about the numbering, I know I chimed in on the forums and I was just like, I definitely agree because I'm forever confused on these number things because you have things like, you know, detective comics and action comics that are in the 900s for DC. But I think at some point, maybe they weren't using that numbering and it then it just gets all confusing. And especially, you know, 
with Marvel, when you go back and you start with the Incredible Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, you're like, okay, I know this is the very, very beginning of these runs, but then it just Mm -hmm. gets so off track somewhere down the line that if you don't start at the beginning and read all the way through, you're kind of forever just like searching, like you said, and like going on Wikipedia, Comic Vine. And I feel like there, there has to be a better way to do it. And with Marvel, there have been so many number ones recently. It feels like, you know, we've had three different Miles Morales series within what, five years, if that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like 2012, maybe, is when the first one started. Yeah. So it's like, you know, five or six years, and we've already sort of started over three different times with the numbering for <laughs> this character. And I definitely agree with you that TV numbering would be easier although it would not keep us from saying episode instead of issue during this <laughs> because i've definitely done that yeah. too and i'm just like oh did i just do that i just did that <laughs> but i definitely look forward to checking out more i have no clue where i'm going to start i'm probably just going to have to look around and see what's what and figure it out i definitely want to revisit spider gwen and spider man since those are ongoing still when we cover the movies and everything Mm. which we'll see which movies we cover because i don't know if i'll necessarily (laughs) rewatch five spider-man movies after watching or before watching homecoming we'll see on that because as you know i'm horrible at watching movies (laughs) i haven't even seen guardians yet just watch i haven't seen guardians yet either i did just watch the uh two amazing spider-man movies because hannah hadn't seen them she hadn't seen either of them I don't think uh, before so we were like oh, okay let's watch those and we watched those the other night and I don't know if I can go back and watch the original Sam Raimi ones again it's been a long time and if I have to sit through Spider-Man 3 again I'm going to get mad <laughs> but I do think that I'm going to like try to keep up to date at the very least with the Miles run and probably Spider-Gwen definitely Spider-Gwen probably the Miles run and I'm going to try to keep reading like the amazing Spider-Man stuff I don't know I'm in a, I'm in a, a mode right now where like my downtime i'm i'm watching a lot of or reading a lot of comic books uh and sometimes that like shifts like i'll be like in a, go in a comic mood and then all of a sudden i'll be like okay i want to read like actual books now and i'll start reading books and then i'll like shift again and be like oh i want to catch up on tv shows but right now it's a it's a comic book thing so we'll see how long how long that lasts and how much how much i keep uh staying up to date on all this stuff yeah i totally know how that goes because over the weekend i had watched master of none like the day after it came Mm. out, I was like, okay, this will take me like five and a half hours tops if I just sit here and watch it because it's a half hour show and there's only 10 episodes, but one was like an hour or something. So I was like, all right, I got this. And I just sort of fell into a Netflix mood over the the weekend. And I ended up watching Hip Hop Evolution too, which was, it's only four, like 45 to 48 minute episodes. So that wasn't that long, but it's just like, I got nothing done that weekend. I was like, well, none of this happened. I thought I was going to do things, but then TV happened. And I definitely do that same thing there. I'll do a bunch of TV and then a bunch of comics and a bunch of books and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, I will let you know if I watch those other three Spider-Man movies, but I will definitely (laughs) go back and watch the Andrew Garfield ones. And we can yes. cover at least those, catch up on this, and then do Homecoming. And Definitely homecoming, I might even yeah. just like go check out the Spider-Woman comics, too, because I don't know all that much about Jessica Drew. Like, I know she was in Spider-Gwen and everything like that, but there's there's so many spider people now. 
Got to keep up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this was fun. We'll definitely have to do it again and talk about uh, the Spider-Man movie when it comes out. Uh, Yeah, it was good. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jason, thank you so much for coming on. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.